Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Monica Lee. And uh, for some context, uh, Monica and I are actually friends from like kindergarten, like literally decades back. And uh, yeah, like I think like we've both seen each other through our worst and our best and and now as we try our best to become functional adults i'm uh yeah i'm very proud to welcome monica on she's oh she is a uh doctor a water quality expert also i don't know am i allowed to say this like one of the world's experts on legionella definitely do not say that I would know. I know more than the average person. I wouldn't say I'm the leading expert, but very kind of you to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Monica. Fun fact: Monica is also a listener of the podcast. So maybe I don't know. A year or two ago, she was like, "Hey, I listen to your podcast," and I was like, "Oh, great." And then I was like, "You should come on," and she was like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Let's wait until you're a doctor, so you can be Doctor Monica." Yeah, I was waiting for that invite, and I was like, I guess I'm just not interesting enough without that title. So I get it. <laughs> not, not even, not even. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get into uh, some stuff. But uh, she's from Los Angeles. Currently lives in Baltimore. And is your last name? So, oh, yeah, Monica is- Lee Mussey. Yeah, I I know I threw everyone for a loop. So I did recently change my last name. I did get married uh, legally. I got court, you know, did the courthouse wedding, which I highly recommend. But uh, I'm doing the party. um, We're throwing the party uh, in October, which John is invited to. Uh, He's he's going. Uh, So yeah, so I recently changed that. Um, It's I love my hyphenated name um, just because I think there's too many Monica Lee's out there. And it's nice to be, you know, I differentiate, be able to stand out a little bit. So, and this is more recent. Um, I did the legal name change actually today. Uh, I went to, I just walked over to the uh, Social Security Administration. I'm like, hey, I want to change my name. Is that cool? They're like, you can do anything you want. I was like, that's really odd to say that the whoever the clerk cashier was. I was like, I just want to change my last name. That's uh, that's all I want to do for today. So, yeah, uh, at least they're nice. Baltimore uh, city workers, very nice. Uh, do they have a lot on their plate? Yes, um, but I'm I'm just glad that they were able to take me, change my name. So as of today, I'm officially Monica Massey. Long way to Monica, is there anything you wanted to add to the intro? Um, well, like John said, I'm a doctor. I recently just uh, finished my PhD program uh, a month ago. I defended on my dissertation, which was um, on Legionella and drinking water, specifically in Prentice Plumbing. Um, I won't go more into that just because I spent 45 minutes on my defense for that. So uh, a little bit Legionella out for this for this podcast, but definitely will answer any questions you have. Um, yes, I'm residing in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, currently, I currently work as a postdoctoral research fellow at Johns Hopkins. So that my appointment was um, 
official two days ago and I so far love research. So it's something I want to continue doing in my future, uh, especially in drinking water and wastewater. So that hasn't changed in the past 10 years. So it, I've been studying water for, yeah, for the past 10 years. So it's, it's wild that I still love this topic um, and things haven't changed for me for that. Um, there was definitely a time where I really wanted to uh, quit and become a baker, own a small bakery. And that, that is the legitimate like career change I was thinking about. Um, but thankfully my mom told me I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> most Asian parents, my, my dad, I, you know, I talked the idea and he was very, he's like, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And, you know, like think about your mental health, pose the same question to my mother. She just looked at me and said, you can't. So, you know, different types of parenting, they work. Um, I think my mom's uh, parenting was a little bit, or her advice kind of stuck to me a little bit, you know, a little harder than my father's did. So I'm here, I got my degree and I, that's about it, yeah. And now you're ready to be a baker. To, I am, oh my God. If someone's <laughs> like, I will invest in your bakery, I would quit researching, who cares about water? I want to make you bake goods. That's my real passion. So that's still that's still in the back door. Um, but that's yeah. For now, it's research. Probably in the future, I'll be making cookies and croissants. So be best of both worlds if I could do both. But that's kind of a weird career to do researching public health and making baked goods. But well, I don't know. Futures futures out there for that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to add a fun fact. So, uh, so a few months ago, I moved into a new apartment, and because Monica is a water expert, like more so than if I googled anything, I I asked Monica for recommendations on like which Brita filter I should get, and she made a recommendation for like one of the fancy like connected to your sink uh, water filters and. Yeah, I used it. It was very in easy to install. And I I admit, I, I brag a little to my friends when they ask about it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, my I have a friend who, yeah, she got she, she got her PhD in, like, water quality. And she recommended this. No, no big deal. Like, <laughs> It's actually crazy how many people ask me for water filter, like, filter recommendations. And, you know, usually I say your Brita's fine. But knowing John, he's like, no, that's not enough. <laughs> I want something. You tell me something like that no one else knows about or, you know, uh, I want top of the line crap or shit. And I'm like, here you go, buddy. So, you know, I like to say to the general public, your Brita's fine. Change your filter every two to three months. Keep it in the fridge. Um, that's my go-to answer. But if you can spend a little money, definitely go for some you know, um, install some stuff, uh, filtration stuff into your water system, which is easier, but I'm not yeah. advocating. I'm not trying to, I'm not sponsored by anyone. So that's just me yelling on my soapbox. <laughs> All right, Hugh, ask questions for Monica. Go. <laughs> I love it. Um, basically, where do we begin? I, you're, you're, you're tired of talking about water, but it sounds like the most <laughs> poignant topic right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that might be the most interesting thing about me um, is that I studied drinking water and 
other types of water. Uh, yeah, what do you want to know? Uh, I will try to answer the best my capability. So, can you summarize your PhD in uh, in one sentence? Yes. So, um, Legionella or Legionella is a bacteria that causes uh, Legionnaire's disease, which is an acute respiratory illness. Uh, it's a leading cause of drinking water related outbreaks in the U.S. Uh, they're primarily these outbreaks occur in buildings with um, man-made uh, water systems like showers, um, fountains, humidifiers. So from there, you can um, Legionella can be ex you can be exposed to Legionella through aerosols that contain um, contaminated droplets with Legionella itself and cause infection. So from the pandemic, um, building shutdowns all over the world, not only the U.S., uh, actually created a breeding ground for Legionella in these water building water systems because our buildings are not engineered for low water use. So with low water use, you get water stagnation, you breed, uh, create the perfect environment for this bacteria to grow. And once this bacteria really colonizes your system, it's very difficult to remove. So my research uh, looked at a building that was impacted by this COVID-19 shutdown and uh, looked at effective treatments to remove um, uh, to remove Legionella from the system. And what we learned is that Legionella is a it's very, it's very persistent and you can never fully eradicate um, Legionella from your drinking water system. But what you can do is control for that. And the best solution for uh, the building that we looked into was continuous low-level treatment that is just both safe for building occupants because we want to manage that chemicals or chlorine dioxide or chlorine, whatever disinfectant you use in the drinking water and managing Legionella so that you don't get sick. So that was my research. You heard it here Hopefully first. That was succinct enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so kind of the quick summary then, did you find anything? Did you discover? Something? Oh, buddy. Uh, we, oh, we're publishing soon, so I can say this. We did find, um, this is a building um, in our local area, and we did find high levels of Legionella during the pandemic. So what we did was implemented multiple treatment options that are published. Um, you know, uh, currently there's no federal regulation, but different states have their own regulations, like New York um, are pretty stringent on Legionella, especially in cooling towers. Um, there's published uh, guidance from the American Water Works Association, Centers for Disease Control on how to treat your water. Um, we did multiple approaches. Uh, we found that the continuous low-level disinfection was um, really successful in this building, but it's not going to be the same for every building. So my soapbox bottom line is every building needs a water management plan, and that's just at the building level for you know, residents like you and me, um, you know, test continuously flushing your water, making sure, you know, your water doesn't get too warm. If it does, uh, if your cold water lines get too warm, definitely contact your utility or your plumber to get that fixed. Uh, make sure that, again, make sure you're re replacing your Brita water, a uh, Brita filter every two to three months. People leave it for six months and I'm, I'm just telling you that doesn't do anything for you at that point. You're just drinking tap water, maybe worse. Um, so yeah, uh, that was, uh, the results of my, uh, research and it was a pretty cool research. I was very fortunate to have such a kind of awesome project to, to work on. So felt very fulfilled, uh, in my PhD at the end. 
That's so cool. But, yeah. Well, you're a postdoc. Are you going to be mm-hmm. continuing like similar research or is it, is it like a different kind of thing? Yes. So um, still continuing my research in uh, Legionnaire, but trying to branch out to more residential areas. So, you know, we did the buildings, um, you know, the buildings that we worked on, they were able to have the funding and the resources to do these types of treatments. And now we're trying to make that more, I guess, relatable and feasible for the residential level. So um, especially in Baltimore, there are, you know, differences in socioeconomics, uh, statuses between residents. So, you know, trying to under, not only understand uh, what the differences are towards clean water, if, you know, certain, you know, again, everyone, just despite their status, economic status, should have clean water. That's kind of period. But we see that it's not the case for many communities across the U.S. So, you know, for my future or projects that are coming up, we're trying to see if that um, that difference does uh, appear in Baltimore itself and Maryland and trying to fix that, uh, correct for that and make sure that water is equitable, clean water is equitable to everyone. I love that. That's so cool. So with regards to water contamination, what is the side effect of this one? That Why did you choose this one of all the possible variants, I'm sure? Um my my advisor was like you're working on this so which is um you know i think half half of the phd students either get a project that like they're really passionate about as in like they come with it come up with it on their own and then you get the other half like me they're like yeah my advisor's like we got funding for this you're doing this so um yeah regional bacteria it's i wouldn't say it's a novel bacteria anything like that um it's been a this has been a concern for decades uh the increase in the cases, the number of cases, at least for Legionnaire's disease, have actually risen like 550% since 2000. So, you know, it's a it's an alarming um, a pathogen, and it's a pathogen of high interest. Um, and within the water world itself, like especially the microbiological side, it's a very hot topic. So back in 2020, when I first started this, uh, and this was before uh, we had our shutdowns, Legionella is still a hot topic. And then once the shutdowns hit, that skyrocketed um, just in the water community itself. Uh, just because, like I said before, our buildings are not engineered for shutdowns. So um, that's how it kind of came to my project. But uh, it, it, was, it was honestly very cool to keep, you know, at least my advisor was very knowledgeable in the area and my mentor that also worked on this project is great kind of going further delving deep into this topic because it kind of kind of opens a cans of worms because it's not just legionella there's other uh premise plumbing or pathogens within your um plumbing itself that are of concern they're just not as highlighted as much as legionella so you know i think in our country like media itself likes to kind of pick a contaminant and really like focus on it right now it's pfos um I don't know if you guys know what PFAS is. Nope. Sorry, so, we're not we're not part of the water community. <laughs> I'm down though. Please, I, I want to be okay, part of it. Okay, so um, I'll go really short because I'm not a I'm not a huge expert in this topic either. But uh, PFAS is a you know man-made chemical. It's uh, made by back in uh, the day, generated by I think developed by 3M or Dupont, one of those companies. And that was pretty much like coating for your pans that helped with like nonstick. 
it's pretty much everywhere in um, uh, firefighting um, foam. That's also in there. Anything that makes things like slick or slippery, that's the component or that's a compound. But it's called a forever compound because it's really like difficult to break down in the environment. So it's in our drinking water. It's in our soil. Um, I don't believe it's in our air. I don't think it's um, it doesn't aerosolize, but it has health effects. So there's neurodevelopmental um, uh, issues that have been um, commonly linked to PFAS. And I don't know if you guys heard of that movie, Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo. So that's a, yeah. <laughs> so that's a movie that also segues because I love movies too. Um, so that's also, you know, uh, about the PFOS contamination in this one town in West Virginia. They were getting sick um, from there and this lawyer investigated and found, you know, that uh, DuPont actually knew that this PFOS was harmful to, uh, to human health since the 80s, but they kept that report to themselves. So it's, you know, it's been legal battles after legal battles, but right now it's kind of a hot topic because there's no, there hasn't been a federal regulation on uh, these PFOS chemicals. There's also uh, five other compounds or derivatives of this compound uh, that are also going to be re regulated by the Safe Drinking Water Act. Um, so the Biden administration, they announced that, I think like just a few weeks ago, so that was very hot topic in like the public health world, uh, news world also. So yeah, it's it's funny because um, I don't know, it, it, whatever your niche is, it's funny because you're like, I heard, I hear this all the time, but then you talk to your friends, they're like, what are you talking about? Like get off, you know, like come, come down to earth, uh, talk to the normal people, we don't care about this. So it, you know, I think it's, it's more alarming, I feel like, when your 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 topics or your research is very niche in it. But I'm sure on the economic side, like someone, I think someone was talking about the debt ceiling. They're freaked about about that too. So, and I'm like, I don't care about the debt ceiling because I don't know what, like, I don't know much about it. So it, it's funny to to hear from other people. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about, and also, yeah, no, I'm concerned too. So you get like a hundred, zero or a hundred. There's no in between of, you know, I kind of know about it. So yeah, hopefully I didn't go too much into it and you can fact check me if anything of that was correct. <laughs> but again, I'm not an expert in PFOS. <laughs> this is what the podcast is about. I, I think the more we rabbit hole, actually the more. <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. Also to so be, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Also, also yeah. to be fair, like, like, the work that I do is it like the deeper I go, it becomes incredibly niche. And like for Hugh as well, like Hugh, you're probably one of the world's experts on like, on like micro finance in South America and like designing for that. <laughs> I described I that. I described that very badly. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing about microfinance. So I'm probably mm -hmm. I'm I'm very good at knowing colors of pixels on a screen. No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but that's really cool. Oh, I. Uh, so my question is, during your postdoc, are you allowed to take on like independent consulting assignments? Because it seems like from your research, it would be very relevant to like. I don't know, let's say there was like 
some commercial real estate development or like a big residential uh like building like I, I feel like i feel like they could hire you to to be like hey what do you think about our water like what can we do i mean yeah if i you know i think talking to my boss advisor boss like i think you can always work those kind of consulting into a project which is pretty cool and i've seen it done before so i, I say why not um like the previous um, postdoc, uh, Dr. Stephen Chow, he is pretty much, he was the PFAS um, expert. And I, I believe he was contacted constantly, like frequently about his expertise and knowledge about the subject. So, and I think he, he was contacted by multiple media outlets also. So I think it's kind of, uh, at least in our world, when someone contacts you and asks you for a quote, that's like when you know you made it a little bit when uh someone knows that you exist the media knows that you somewhat <laughs> exist um that's uh yeah i mean communication is a big part of at least for me research um i was very again fortunate to have an advisor who was just you know he he was very big proponent on science communication and i feel like that it's been really integral to my work because you know you can generate all the data and have all the you know have really cool results, but if you don't know how to explain it to the general public, the public, um, you're kind of, you know, not useless, but it, it, it's hard to convey your point or your your results. Yeah, I guess uh, you can think of this as your first public appearance for our 15 to 16 listeners. I don't so. know. I feel like in 10 years, they're going to be like, you said something in this podcast. Um, we're canceling you. And uh, that's my biggest fear. <laughs> well, no, uh, I don't have Twitter, so that's fine. Uh, you can cancel me all, all you want. Um, yeah, you won't, you won't know that you're being canceled. It's okay. I, I've already accepted that, that Hugh and I might be canceled someday. Like, but we still, <laughs> we still want to move forward. No, um, I mean, props to you guys for doing the podcast, because I know, like, John, you, ever since I know John, like, you just love to ask questions and learn more and talk to people. So it's it's really cool seeing you do this format. Like, um, I was saying, like, I, I connected with someone uh, with your previous guest and now Anne, who's now going to be my wedding photographer, just because, like, I was, you know, during my writing stage of my dissertation, I was kind of binge listening to your podcast because yeah i was just like i need some kind of entertainment or else this is really depressing um and yeah phd it's not for everyone if you want to do it kudos but if you ask me to do it again um like knowing everything i do now like i would i would not have done this oh shit i would have yeah i wouldn't have done this it was definitely a journey i don't regret it but i wouldn't do it again. So when I hear like movies or TV shows, like, oh, I have two PhDs. I think you're an idiot. Why would you put yourself through that twice? Like that's eight years that you've wasted right there. So um, I forgot what TV show I heard that from. And I, I was like, that's the most unrealistic part of that show. But this woman has two PhDs. That makes no sense. It's like having two left shoes. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but, you only need one, um, if that. So yeah, I mean, um, for John, yeah, I know I know John since forever, and I totally forgot about this until right now. But my mom sent like a like a little photo album, 
and there's a picture of you and me from kindergarten. Oh, I'll send that to yes. you afterwards. Um, uh, but yeah, when we're little, little, little fetuses, uh, we're just really tiny. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think Hans Kim, which is another guest of your podcast, <laughs> is in that photo too. Because I also know Hans from kindergarten. So wow. it's, it's wild. That's yeah. amazing. That's, yeah, please, please send that photo. It, it will bring, bring a lot of memories and wow. Um, well, thanks for sharing one. And also thank you for uh, being a listener. It's like, it's like pretty cool that you, you uh, found entertainment and, and Hugh and me rambling on and inviting other people to ramble on. <laughs> Um, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you also wrote in the form that you're a movie enthusiast. And so, yeah, I'm curious if you could just expand on that. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when I think of like hobbies or like what my biggest interest is, it's, it's movies, like anything like current, old. Um, I think just like growing up with my brother and dad, they would always watch, you know, Back then when we had direct TV and you can get all these channels and no one had to pay for a subscription, uh, we just watch a ton of movies. And I think that never stopped just because now like, you know, I, you know, the cinema, it just always interests me. And even bad movies, good movies, they all interest me. The only thing that I'm not, like, I think I'm getting a little wary of, which I think a lot of people can agree with me is the Marvel comic book series <laughs> movies. I feel like they pump those out too fast. So it's like, you got to let it kind of simmer. Um, yeah. So I want to, you know, I was going to be like, I, I've always also thought about doing a podcast too about, you know, movies just because of like movie reviews, old past, uh, just because I, I don't know, maybe it might be too, the podcast market might be too inundated with movie podcasts, but I was thinking of doing it as like movies my dad likes <laughs> as the title and we just review movies that my dad likes which is a lot of Nicolas Cage movies um, wow. <laughs> oh my god yeah he loves Nicolas Cage which is really wild and a lot of uh I think John Travolta and all those movie stars from the past I'm trying to think what movie he just absolutely loved um with like all his like old action star movies um movie stars uh, Expendables. We've watched, I think, all three together. They're movies. I love action, but they're they're movies. But he loves them just because, like, John Claude Van Damme is in it. Um, I can't name the other actors on the top of my head, but yeah, Jason Statham. Well, he's a little bit younger than the older cast. Um, Rocky, who played Rocky Balboa? What was the actor's name? I'm like blanking on his name right now. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was in it. Um, and then, gosh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I could just name all of them right now. But I think, yeah, those types of movies I would definitely review. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a podcast. I just, I just like to talk to them with like friends and they have no idea what I'm talking about because I, I'm the only one who kind of watched these movies. Or I feel like older older men also watch those movies. So I yeah, it's weird conversations at the bar. I feel like yeah, have you watched this? I've talked to weird bartenders. 
I wouldn't say weird, but pardon me about like Kevin Costner movies. And I'm like, yeah, he did one baseball movie. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's done three baseball movies. I was like, okay. So <laughs> maybe one too many for Kevin Costner. But yeah, I mean, I love like, anything that anyone, you know, uh, refers to me. I love to watch it, love to, you know, talk about it. So pretty much that. Uh, out of curiosity, what is the one movie that you wish more people watched? Forrest Gump. That's also because my that's my hands down favorite movie. Um, yeah, I wish more people watched that because I don't know. It's just it's just a classic. Not only that, it it just shows human kindness and you know how human kindness can really propel like generations can propel movements. Um, I did have a friend that thought it was based on. Um, that Forrest Gump was based on an actual person. So I always have to give that disclaimer. Like this is not, a, it has, has historical facts in it, but it, Forrest Gump is not a historical figure. So, so it, that would be my number one. Everyone needs to watch Forrest Gump. I feel embarrassed as someone who does not know if he watched Forrest Gump or not. I need to get my act together. <laughs> It's hard because I feel like there's so many memes out there and like gifs of things and that you're like, I feel like I watched this, but you just watch like different scenes of it in like a meme. So I don't know. I get it. What What is it about Forrest Gump movie in, as a whole that really resonates with you? I think, um, I think all the friendships that he makes and like all the impacts that like, again, it's fictional, but like all the like, little things that he does that like that has such a huge impact on like certain historical events um and also the soundtrack like uh there's one one song by Fleetwood Mac uh when he there's a scene where he's just running across the nation uh that song has always been just stuck in my head and when I run that's what I listen to um I actually bought my dad the Forrest because that's all my dad's favorite movie is also Forrest Gump so I bought him the soundtrack for that for a birthday like years ago and he still has it still listens to it um yeah i think it's yeah everything about it I, and i also really love historical movies too even though like maybe drama uh, drama dramatized um historical movies so yeah I, I don't know why i like those um particularly but at least for forrest gump it just you know it just shows that like you yourself can make a difference no matter how small or just you know, simple acts of kindness um, can really go a long way. And I quote oh, that. Yeah, I quote a lot of Forrest Gump to my husband and he gets really sick of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, while you're on the podcast, uh, we can we can talk more about movies. I'm curious, what's the most recent movie you watched that totally blew your mind or like or made you go, wow. <laughs> um well so my theater uh, local theater actually played everything everywhere uh all at once i hope i'm getting that title yeah all at once and that was amazing i did not expect you know i know one uh you know best picture i didn't think it would be as amazing as it is and i did not think i would cry during that movie i'm not a big crier so I was like, ch like just trying to force my tears back up i don't like crying at all so you know i'm like just sobbing and I'm like, oh God, this resonates with me and my mother so much, you know, 
the you know Asian American experience <laughs> immigrant things. So yeah, you know, and I want yeah classic. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because like even leaving the theater, like uh, I went with my husband and Eric, and he was just like, you know, I'm glad I cried a little bit. You know, it just shows that you know we all cry, like we get a little emotional. It shows that we're alive, and I'm like, I hate crying <laughs> just because I don't know why. I think that's just like a weird personality trait i guess but that movie was just hand, like the visuals the storyline like everything was just so good and just so nuanced in not only the asian american experience but you know the lack of communication and um you know wanting to i would like to say what um hit me the most was not living to expectations and it shows that that through generations too but you know also understanding why you know your parents or your grandparents don't you know have these expectations for you so you know you see both sides and it's it's really amazing i think yeah that that movie was lived up to the hype um so that's the most recent that blew my mind the most recent movie that i watched was actually the super mario brother it was good <laughs> i liked it storyline was okay but I was there to to see all the the you know the mushroom like Bowser, Princess Peach, you know it just goes to I'm a big Nintendo fan, so that really appealed to that. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you know what you're signing up for, and you get it, and you're mm -hmm. like, hey, it doesn't it doesn't have to like it doesn't have to be like super nuanced or like be this amazing storyline. Like I know what I'm getting. I'm gonna see a bunch of Nintendo characters and. And I'm happy about it. Um, I I also watched Everything Everywhere, and and yeah, I, I it's it's so hard for a movie to talk about the multiverse in a way that like doesn't make people confused. But it was also amazing because it's like it's an it's a story about immigrants. It's like a family story, and it's also a love story. Like how how did how did everything come together yeah i mean writing amazing were they probably dropping acid when they wrote this 100 percent um <laughs> it's like so, like as much as i love the visuals like some of the like most like universes were really weird I was like like the sausage and hot dog fingers was like that kind of tripped me up i wasn't a fan of that part but um but everything else like you're right like it just hit so many points and you know and it didn't do it in such a way that like no one could understand it brought in the general public it, you know even if you're not asian american at all or yeah immigrant it I, everyone can kind of relate to that story here did you watch it it's all in a donut well <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it in in a bagel. Bagel, bagel. Oh, bagel. no. See, oh, it's you. You didn't watch it. You're a phony. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. I'm an embarrassment. Take me off. Cut me out. Yeah. Also, that actress, uh, I think it's Stephanie, Stephanie Sue. She did great. Um, probably butchering her name. Like, wow. Like, I want mm -hmm. to see. I, I'm glad I'm seeing more um, just water, like, really great actresses coming out. Um, I know she's doing another like kind of raunchy movie called like Joyride with like other Asian American actresses. So I'm like kind of excited just to see that because like we can do something profound. We could do something really stupid. Let's just do it all, you know? 
let's have the like hire more people, create this more story so that we can great create great movies and also really stupid movies. So I'm I'm Not definitely Yeah. I'm I'm definitely intrigued when when a cast is like mostly Asian and I'm I'm like way more inclined to watch it because I'm like I'm just like whoa that's like not something I saw as a child like yeah, yeah. and like I remember uh I guess not a movie but uh beef on Netflix um the like the tall Asian guy who's the brother on the show, like he was, he was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And I remember, I remember seeing that and being like, oh, I literally cannot remember the last time I saw like a young Asian man on Jimmy Kimmel. And he's like, he's my age. Like he's, yeah. he's our age too. So I was like, this is like actually really cool to see because it's like not something that it's like not something that I saw as a child. Like there was no, there was no like, oh, I want to like there was Jackie Chan. That's it. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I was like, oh, I, I, I don't know how to jump up the wall like that. Like you know how he would like jump up the wall Top with four. his feet and yeah. like do all those imp- and like just have amazing like fight scenes, and yeah, it's really cool to see like Asian actors who don't have to do something so exaggerated like and you don't have like you can just be like a nuanced character like you can be like a like an angry asian gangster or you can be like a just like a balanced person so yeah, yeah. i'm like really it's really encouraging to see that no i i, I love that series too like um and it was weird because it's like all based in like los angeles too so a lot of the places i was like oh shoot i've been there We've probably eaten on some of the re- no. We've had eaten together at a, one of the restaurants. Really? Um, yeah, it's like a like a beef bone beef, beef soup. Uh, a Solongkang um, shop. I think like we either took out food from there after one of our nights. We got we drank uh, in LA, and we got t- takeout from that restaurant. And I was like, oh my god, that's one of the restaurants. Um, even like. The scenes with like the the church was really interesting, and uh, that's actually like one of my really good friends like gospel team, and that was like shot uh, at her church. Wow. She's met the actor who plays the pastor, um, and then her sister has met the actor who plays the the husband, the stay at home husband, in the in the show, and it was like a lot of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, but yeah, that that show was really interesting because it shows i don't know it's such a stark contrast to like crazy rich asians because you see like the glamorous life of like you know more well-off asians but then you see the struggling ones and i think those don't get um they don't get i guess really told as often um yeah i know there's like some movies like that do tell about like the la riots um i think at the top of my head it's named i don't it's it's I don't know if it's gook, but I think that's the new title of the the movie. That's also like a derogatory term, so uh, don't cancel me or cancel me, whatever. But that, I do I do think was, there's a movie with that yeah. name. So so that also like kind of highlighted like the struggles in LA during like the LA riots and the Rodney King riots. Um, but it's I'm like it's cool to see those kind of you know 
those kind of movies and those kind of stories be told because I don't know. I, Crazy Rich Asians, cool movie, but I don't think it's our Black Panther. Um, not at all. I feel like there's going to be better movies that will, you know, get to that level. Uh, but it, it, again, it was cool seeing a, like an all Asian cast um, told telling a story about like kind of I wouldn't say Cinderella, but you know that kind of storyline. Um, I had issues with that movie because one re unrealistic thing was that the boyfriend fiance didn't tell the main character anything about her life, his life previously. I was like, and just threw her to the wolves. I was like, that's unrealistic, and that gives me hives because if my you know if my boyfriend's like yeah i'm really well off here's my crazy you know strict mother i think i like did not warn me about that divorce breaking up we're, we're, we're over it that's i yeah i think one of the scariest things i will say uh on earth are asian women who don't like you <laughs> older asian women uh -huh. yeah they're, they're very intimidating um when they like you best friends when they don't like you oh my god that's i'd rather be eaten by sharks um it's like one of my fears <laughs> telling them telling me that they're they're you know disappointed or they don't approve of me that's right up in my top five next to eating getting eaten by sharks spiders i'm trying to think of something else like, um like, yeah like death death by like torture or something it's like <laughs> i'd rather have that <laughs> rather... wow yeah um one for for me for me there's this one trope uh that's it's not it's not terrifying to me but it's a pattern that i see uh which is i'll have i'll have a friend who he'll be like oh you know i'm i started dating someone and then well a few months later it doesn't work out and then I'm like, oh, what happened? And then he'll be like, oh, like she wanted me to go to church, like, well, and I'll, and then I'll be like, wait, this is a Korean Christian girl, like, dude, I could have told you, like, <laughs> like for for <laughs> for me, for me, that's the trope of like, like for some of my friends, I'll be like, oh, like you're you're either gonna need to like you're either gonna need to like corrupt her away from, okay, if. People are listening are Christian. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're either I was like, you're either gonna need to like take her out of the church or just like give up. Like uh so that that's like my my trope of like the Korean Christian girl. Uh yeah. but they're very tenacious, so I feel like it's hard to corrupt them. Um I don't know. I see. So that's a that's a trope. Um I mean, that's funny because beef, uh, there's like that conversation, like, did you find a nice Korean Christian girl um, to marry? And he's like, not yet. Uh, so it's an interesting trope because I, I don't think that gets shown too often either, right? And at least yeah. I don't see it too often, but we, de we both definitely grew up with it. I was one of those. So like, you know, it, it's, it's weird because you see it now and it's like, shit that's it's the same it's you know someone very devoted to church very close with their parents you know it, it's kind of like cookie cutter i don't want to box these people in but you know very cookie cutter but yeah i mean i don't know it's it's still i feel like that movement is still kind of 
still going because like I come back to California and I still see like old friends and you know um, yeah they're still in the church too so yeah and, it's, and it's interesting again again like there are tons of people who who I know personally who like joined the church or or like became more involved at a certain time and like it was like a huge positive thing for their lives so not yeah not no Nothing, no hate yeah of course no hate no hate it's just a different it's just a different i wouldn't say even lifestyle it's just different um everyone yeah even i i would like to say even what i'm doing is pretty different from i guess yeah it's pretty different from what a lot of my friends have done in california too so not a lot of people stay in academia or you know go to continue education especially um in such a niche field for me at least so yeah, it's I think it's cool too, just because um I guess we have the option to kind of choose what we want to do as much as now compared to like at least what our parents. Um I think for me, I was very fortunate that my parents were, you know, they were very um flexible. They really let me do what I wanted to do and be who I wanted to become. So it was really nice that I got that kind of support from them. Yeah, that's that's uh that's really great. I mean, I will I will give a shout out to Monica who who like she is she was great at like keeping up with friends, like hosting great parties, just like hanging out, but then at the same time like getting her shit together. I was like, wow man, like so much respect. Um oh, God. I was uh yeah, actually I'm I'm curious if you can like if you wanted to like reflect on maybe like the community um i don't know whether it's like los angeles or like korean church or or any of that like however you want to interpret it i'm curious if you want to like reflect on mm-hmm. on that community that you grew up in and kind of like where you are now and i don't know what would yeah. what would like let's say 20 year old monica like think about <laughs> present day monica I want to say 20 year old Monica because I was at Santa Barbara and we all know what we had at Santa Barbara. Um, 17 year old Monica. 17. 17. Because I really, you know, like even going with our LA community and John, with you, John, at the church too, I had a great time. I think our church community was great. Um, you know, we even did some mission trips together. We went to Cambodia, Vietnam together, which was like wild. So cool. We did that for like two weeks and I had a last that was i think we are really bonded on that trip um yeah like it was it's interesting growing up uh in that community because i feel like you know there's some good sides because you get a lot of support in some ways but there's some downsides because this is just reflective of my uh past but i felt like you know the church is kind of generating one type of person especially you know for the female for the women you know just one type of kind of person there wasn't too much diversity in that so that's where i think i stopped um you know with you know going to church and that community because i felt even you know my first two years when in my undergrad i joined you know a church organization it felt the same i felt like i had to be a certain way um, which is still not bad if that's what you want to be but for me i felt my life going a different direction and it did so you know um I, i i left the church um kind of did my own thing and kind of directed my path somewhere, you know, a little bit, a little bit different. And again, 
both sides are not uh, bad at all. I think it's just, I feel like me, myself, I, I, I grew out, I outgrew that kind of personality and then I kind of formed my own kind of going forward. And that really kind of helped me get to the point that I am right now. And I will, I never toot my own horn, but I will do for that one. I throw some great parties. Holy shit. I, yeah, I can throw a mean party. Um, past life, I should have been a, like an event coordinator or something on that end. But yeah, it, living in Los Angeles is great too. And also I don't plan to move back, which is, you know, very sad for my parents, but I feel like for me, I outgrew California itself. Um, I love going back. I love visiting everyone with John and um, our other group and eating me, tacos. Eating tacos. That's our tradition. We always go to uh, Angel's Tacos uh, mm. food truck and or Avenue 26 uh, get tacos. But yeah, it's just a different, it's a different vibe in California as much as I like to say it. Um, it's a different pace. It's a different mindset, uh, different a little bit different values and I feel like East Coast coming here at first it was very hard to adjust and then the pandemic hit. Um, so starting my project kind of, you know, with the pandemic, uh, I also started living by myself too. So that was very interesting. I didn't, which is funny because that was the time I felt the least loneliest was when I was living by myself. Uh, just because I found things to do for myself and I was like, as cliche as it sounds, I was dating myself. Um, but during that time, I realized how much I love um, where I am, as in like the East Coast environment. Um, I also love that I don't have to drive very often. I think that was the biggest plus. I got a lot of anxiety um, on the West Coast and my insurance was through the roof because I would make little dings, uh, you know, tight corners, um, not the best driver, whatever. I'll lean into that stereotype. So. Yeah, I mean, coming over to the East Coast, I think I really found my root. I kind of grew, put my roots down here, really found um, kind of, you know, I felt happy, not happier, but in a sense, more at peace um, where I am and also found my husband here, too. So it's a it's a weird, you know, it's a weird shift because if you ask 17 year old Monica or even 20 year old Monica, do you think you would move to Baltimore? I would say, God, no. You know, like at the time I had no, nothing about it. I had to watch the wire. I came here and I was like, holy shit, uh, very accurate um, in certain, certain ways. But I appreciate the beauty of, you know, Baltimore itself also. It's taught me a lot of things, open, opened me to new opportunities. So I would like to say, you know, my journey here, um, I don't regret any part of it. I think I am where I am because I had to go through those struggles. I had to break away from some things and attach myself to, um, to other things too. Is Baltimore home? As of now it is, but you know, I'm also looking to start a new chapter in my life too, maybe moving uh, to a different state on the East Coast or maybe the South. But yeah, I've been here for five years. Um, Love the city, but I don't know. I'm still, I really, I, I'm still young, 30, you know, 30 is a new 20. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I feel that itch to kind of still explore more. And I'm really grateful that I have um, a job that, or at least for now, I have um, a background that I can kind of be flexible in uh, my next position. 
I love that. I'm kind of curious is that's the past mon to the present mon. If you, and I don't really like the five, 10 year question, but mm-hmm. one thing I once heard was if you see yourself in 10 years, what are some traits or character traits or things you'd like to aspire towards? Or are you hoping that the future mon would be, yeah. you would grow into? Yeah, definitely. Definitely being more decisive. Cause I feel like I'm definitely a people pleaser. So maybe, you know, refocusing that, um, I don't want to lose any of my sarcastic personality. I I definitely want to hold on to that into the future. Um, but definitely being able to just be kinder. I feel like nowadays, you know, and I know I said this, I didn't want to talk about politics at all, but you know, our current political environment and, you know, our situation in the U S it's just, I feel like kindness goes such a long way that kind of circles back to Forrest Gump, just, you know, doing simple acts of kindness and not losing um, gratitude for the little things in your life and the big things in your life. So being more, you know, setting, setting more gratitude in my life. I hope that gets more established um, in 10 years. If we're still alive, I don't know, the aliens might come, we might, uh, yeah. Global warming might, uh, who knows? Legionella might take over. No. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Good thing. Well, one thing I will say about Legionella, um, it, if we do contract it, people like younger populations comes out as an, like a milder flu. So older populations that get really uh, knocked out by it. So, yeah. yeah. So I know people just went to Coachella. I, I'm I'm just letting you guys know there's misters over there. If you feel like you got a cold, like some like cold flu, you know, afterwards, it's definitely because of those misters, hundred percent. Oh shoot! Yeah. So uh, I don't want to say hundred percent. Oh yeah. Ninety nine percent. I don't want to be. Um, but yeah. Whoa. Yeah, because I think people don't really understand, you know, the whole mechanism too of how, you know, you can contract these like respiratory bacteria, bacterial pathogens into your system. And misters are a huge way, or like a big exposure pathway. So, you know, I don't know if you guys ever like walk past like large buildings and feel like a little bit of droplets uh-huh, um, yeah. from like cooling towers. That's also another way you can also um, contract uh, um, Legionella into your system. Gasp. Yeah, you know, you know too much. Do you when you uh, see a mister? When you see a mister, do you like cross the road? (laughs) I cross the road. I cross the road. Cross the road. I still take showers in like hotels, which is like also another uh, big source of outbreaks. Um, I've got. I think again, I there's no. I'm just saying this now. I have not um, gotten tested for it after. You know, I went to a hotel once. uh, Took a shower. Felt like sick. Like I had the flu got tested at a hospital because it was pretty bad. They couldn't find anything, but they didn't test me for Legionella. So 100%, 99%, I need to stop saying 100%. Pretty sure I contracted something from that. Flush your water, guys. Flush your water, change your filters. Uh, if you drink water containing Legionella, you'll be fine. Uh, can't enter through the gastro um, pathway. So you're fine there. Someone sent me a meme saying like, oh, I drink uh, air conditioner water and all I got was Legionnaires in this t-shirt. I was like, incorrect. 
You cannot <laughs> drink water. Good hair, drinking water. Incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> this meme is false. Is untrue. <laughs> So. I remember I remember one time we were eating tacos. I think we had a, you had a cup of water and you, you took a sip and then you just like didn't drink it anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember just being like, damn, this girl knows how to like test for pathogens in her water. Like I feel so like what are what am I gonna do when like things are not great and like I have no skills. <laughs> I absolutely know what you're talking about because I think someone called in our group called me out on just taking a sip. That water tasted like hose water. That's why I wanted to take a sip. I was like, yeah, this is definitely from the back from a hose. Like, uh, but I'm still alive. So, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I guess. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I mean. I definitely know what you that time you're talking about because it was I think it was Paul or someone our other friends was like why what why was such a little sip what are you not telling us <laughs> I'm not telling anything I like to live, uh, you know ignorance is bliss I I like to go with that um, that quote for life yeah on the on the other hand like now I I'll uh, I'll like fill up my water bottle with with the filtered water from my apartment and I like carry it around with me and I like don't drink water from other places. But now now I know avoid the misters, avoid the droplets coming out of the sky. I'm gonna have a poncho on as well. Um, hey, look, you can only live your life in so much fear. Um what do I know? Go ahead and run through those misters. Uh you know, I can't stop people from living their lives. I can only give them, you know, mediocre advice pretty much on water. Um, oh, I guess, oh, it's almost been an hour. Monica, do you have any uh, generic words of wisdom or anything you want to say to our 15 or 16 listeners? <laughs> um, keep listening to the podcast. Uh, definitely find business connections through, uh, I did, from, from the podcast. Um, I guess just again going back to uh, just being kind to one another. Uh, I know it's very cliche to say, but my time living in Baltimore, just you know, knowing you know uh, not the so great things about Baltimore, but also seeing how much how kind people are here, and seeing how much that you know that can really make someone's day or life. So yeah, just be kind one to one another and um, flush your water. <laughs> And if people want to reach out to you to hire you for a big contract or to invite you onto CNBC to ask you about the uh, Legionella crisis, um, how can people find you or learn more about your work? Oh, damn. I hope not. I hope CNN doesn't contact me. Um, yeah, so my email is emily. 267 at jhu.edu because I'm the 267th person with the initials Emily at Hopkins. Um, and at LinkedIn, you can just, since my name is now a little bit more unique, you can just type in Monica Lee Massey uh, and find me there. Uh, please don't contact me if you want to quote. Uh, that would make me feel very nervous, but also make me, also let me know that I've made it, but also I won't give you a quote. <laughs> 
I'm afraid of media a little bit, but I need to work on that. Also in 10 years, being able to talk to a reporter. That's also on my bucket list. <laughs> Love it. About your baking you company, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Not about Legion mm -hmm. but baking. No. Yes. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, it was great and just felt really honored to to be a guest. Right back at you. Honestly, thank you so much, Monica, for coming on and uh, joining us on another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. And yeah. for anyone new tuning in or tuning in for a while. Thanks. And we're a podcast that talks about craft, community, building meaningful careers. If you're ever interested on in coming on, just reach out. Or if you know of anyone cool, just reach out too. So we'd love to have you on. Thanks again, Monica. And take it yeah. easy, everyone. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.